Welcome to the Has Been Sports Podcast, a podcast for people who love sports and don't care who knows. I'm your host, Pat Heary, and I'm joined by Scott Baird. Baird, are you wearing your Josh Gordon touchdown shades for the podcast? Hey, the touchdown shades, man. It's the uh, the new turnover chain. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. I hope they I hope those, they bust those out every game. It would have been a lot better if they won today, but the, the touchdown shades might not live on after blowing a 14-point fourth-quarter lead. Yeah, very, very sad loss there. But... When those were when those were busted out, man, I I felt like we were thirteen and zero instead of zero and thirteen. Yeah, the Browns were back for but a moment. They, they had swag for about two quarters. <laughs> All right, Baird. Well, you know what we're gonna do on this pod. We're gonna bring the heat and swing our meat. Uh, should have a fun show today. We're gonna start off with an ode to Roger Goodell and his unconscionable contract and we will mock the most overpaid people in sports history. Uh, then we're gonna do some season or uh, year-end awards, including the has-been of the year, the Trump tweet of the year, the snowflake of the year, and uh, many other yearly awards for the has-been sports podcast. And then finally, we're gonna conclude with some AFC North football talk and some NBA quarter season takeaways. You ready, Baird? Let's do it. All right. So let's start off with a mock draft. Um, we are going to mock the most overpaid people in sports history. And this, again, is inspired by the one and only Roger Goodell, who I am going to uh, make him our uh, the ceremonial number one pick here. He just agreed to a, an extension that will pay him more than $200 million over the next five years. So congrats to him. Arguably the worst yeah. commissioner in NFL history, maybe maybe in modern major sports league history uh, from a public relations standpoint. Uh, I don't, I, yeah, I don't understand how this deal gets done, seriously. like, uh, Is there anyone who likes him? Like, uh, Well, his dad was a senator, so that's how he got into this position. I mean, and, I guess the, most of the NFL owners, Sands, Jerry Jones, like him because – you know the revenues have gone up so much that they're all making bank but he's just so unpopular with players the media i don't know with most people i feel like exactly and yeah the, the owners like him uh not only because the bottom line um revenue has increased dramatically um but also because he's the perfect scapegoat uh instead of having the media flip out on owners with uh, these player safety issues and uh, other domestic violence issues uh, that are seem to be widespread throughout the NFL over the past couple of years. Um, instead of the fans going after the owners, they're going after Roger Goodell. So I, th- I think the owners kind of like him being the shield to, uh, you know, to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, 200 million over five years, he gets like free jet usage for life and all this other crap that he does not deserve. So congrats to Goodell. A very has-been move, actually, by him. Uh, do your job really poorly and uh, still make a shitload of money. Yeah, I mean, you can't be anything but jealous of him. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll call that my number one pick. What's your uh, what's the number two pick I'll let you go for the most overpaid person in sports history? This is might not be a popular pick. It's uh, 
just something that's very personal for me. And with today's outcome of the Browns game, I just can't let this go. But uh, this is a little bit of a combo, but most overpaid people in sports history from mine, like a Cleveland sports fan's perspective, is Kenny Britt, who the Browns signed this year, who was just released. Absolutely terrible wide receiver. He didn't try. There was videos of him in practice just going through the motions. I don't even know how much we paid him, but the probably even more so than Kenny Britt from two years ago, Dwayne Bowe. <laughs> the Browns signed Dwayne Bowe, supposed to be our big free agent wide receiver uh, wide receiver signing. Uh, caught five passes for 53 yards in the whole season, and we paid him $9 million. Nice. So he pretty much just stole from the Cleveland Browns pretty <laughs> much what Kenny Britt did. We paid Dwayne Bowe $1.8 million per catch. Nice. Kenny great, great front office decision-making. <laughs> Kenny Britt, yeah, he was, he was really good at uh, catching passes this year. Just terrible, Some man. of the shortest like, hands. We, we decided to let Terrell Pryor go, and we go and get Kenny Britt, who literally, you know, shows no desire to win. Come, that was never on a winning team. He just wanted to get paid and not give a shit, which is pretty much what he did. Hey, congrats to him. But very has been of him as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Call him the uh, Tim Thomas of uh, the NFL. All right. Uh, so that's your second pick, a nice little combo pick. Um, with the third pick, I am going to go with uh, another head of an organization, Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA. Um I don't know what his contract is. I know he makes a couple million bucks every year, um, but f- this guy. I'd like to hit him over the head with a two-by-four. Um, he's just – he's awful. Did you hear him uh, – somebody asked him that question about LeVar Ball uh, mm-hmm. and how, you know, he – anyways, his quote was, is this a part of someone being a part of a university as a student-athlete or is it about using college athletics to prepare yourself to be a pro? If it's the latter, you shouldn't be there in the first place. Dude, like, like you have these guys are only there because they have to be there. It, right, because <laughs> the rules that are in place dictate that they have to spend a year in college. Like, does he not realize that probably, well, I don't want to guess here, but so many of these players are only going to school for one year just so they can go pro. That is the point because of the rule. Yeah. Like, look at the University of Kentucky. What do you think those guys are doing? Hey, Barrett, if it's the latter, they shouldn't be there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, pro. <laughs> We're going to tell Coach Cal he's got he's to send all his uh, one-and-done guys home. Like, can you be more clueless? Is that president of the NCAA? This guy's a friggin' nerd. Uh, I remember when they hired him. He was, a, he was from the uh, academic field. Um, he was one of the first, first presidents in quite some time, if I remember, that kind of came along the academic side of things i think the president of ncaa generally comes through the um you know they're like a former commissioner or a you know head of a some type of sports league mm-hmm. uh, but he was one of the first ones to come along the academic uh pathway to be the president of the ncaa and it's just just a terrible fit and especially with today's um you know just how there's there's so many issues with you know pay for play and uh or not pay for play but like you know paying athletes and compensating athletes 
former athletes right. for their likeness and whatnot. He's just the wrong guy for the job. So, whatever they're paying him, it's yeah. too much. I feel like he's kind of in the same boat as Goodell. I mean, I feel like a lot of people rip on him because he just doesn't really have a grip on mm-hmm. you know what's going on and what you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's he's not good. That's for sure. For sure. I think the NCAA as a whole organization could use some changes. Well, he's locked in until 2020, so get used to him. <laughs> All right, who are you uh, taking number four? Well, I think with the fourth pick, this one's pretty obvious. Maybe could have been number one, but Bobby Bonilla. The Great dude's pick. just raking in the millions every single year from the Mets. <laughs> Still, it's just incredible, and he will be for, what, another 18 years? Yeah, so his – he and his agent are, are geniuses, but let me just read you this excerpt uh, from an article I was reading about him recently. So every July 1st from years 2011 to 2035, the Mets make a payment as a part of uh, deferring Bonilla's $5.9 million salary that was owed to him from the year 2000, um, a year for which he didn't even play for the team. Um, and with that, they, they make him a yearly payment, but they worked it out so that um, the deferred payment collected 8% interest uh, starting in year 2000. So even though he's only owed $5.9 million, he's already collected $8.3 million and will keep getting payments until 2035. So he's going to make so much friggin' money off of that deal. How old is he? I, I mean, he retired from baseball in like 2000 or 2001. God, man. He's like Barry Bonds' age. He get, they both came up in the Pirates organization on the same time. How does that like how does that get agreed to? Like if you're the Mets, who who approved that? Like that just seems mind boggling that someone would not be able to realize that they'd be paying him way more money overall than they would if they just paid him. It it, it must have been some type of salary cap uh gymnastics they were trying to do to, to get under, you know, a cap or to or to not I, I don't even know. I I really don't know. It's, it's the Mets, too. You think they have you know more money than God being in New York. Um, but, yeah, uh, Bobby Bonilla is 54, and he'll keep collecting you know, money for the next, what, 17, 18 years? Yeah, incredible. And, uh, oh, it says by the time all the payments are made, he will have turned $5.9 million into $29.8 million. That's pretty solid. You're like five times your uh, initial figure. Yeah, yeah, and that way, like, he essentially can't go broke because he just gets a one point something million dollar check every single year. Imagine if you were just living that life where every year you just got a million dollar check that you could live on that could last you the whole year. That would be tight. We might need to reconsider him for has been a year every year. Imagine how much Bitcoin you could buy with that. <laughs> Yep, Bitcoin and some ETH. Not to be confused with ATH. Yeah, you cannot invest in ATHs just yet, but when they will, when you can invest in crypto ATHs, Scott and I will be the first in line to do so. Uh, All right, so good pick at number four. With number five, I'm going to uh, kind of do a combo pick as well. I'm going to pick the uh, free agent class of 2016 in the NBA. Uh this includes Joe Kim Noah, who
who has a four-year $72 million deal. Chandler Parsons, four-year $94 million deal. Evan Turner, four for 70. Luol Dang, four for 70. And Bismack Biombo, four for 72. Uh, it's stupid money. Yeah, if, if you guys remember, this was the year that there was that huge salary cap spike and uh, teams spent money like like there was no tomorrow and they, uh, yeah, Joe Kim Noah played, what, maybe 20 games last season and then got suspended for using real PEDs and uh, he's garbage now. He was horrible last yeah. year. He's horrible the year before. Uh, yeah, he's trash. Yeah, and teams just threw money at these guys uh, thinking that the, the salary cap would keep increasing and it actually kind of leveled out. So, uh, yeah. if you were a free agent that summer, man, you made a killing. Yeah, I would give anything just to be good at basketball for that summer and just get paid way more than I'm worth. Like Bismack Biombo, I'm pretty sure he had like two good games against the Cavs and the Eastern Conference Finals when he was with the Raptors, mm-hmm. and everyone thought he was just worth seventy-two million dollars. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty much, you're pretty much right. That guy was a bench player. Uh, we can ask our friend of the pod, Jake Sinsheimer, um, how good Bismack Biombo was for the for the uh, Bobcats back when uh, when he came up with Charlotte. And um, I mean, Bismack Biombo, I'm pretty sure if you threw him a tennis ball it would hit off his face. Like he has some of the worst <laughs> hands in NBA history and somehow made $72 million over four years. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that whole class is, uh, is my number five choice. That's a solid pick. All right. Number like six, that. who are you taking? I'm going to have to go with another guy who's still getting paid out, who definitely doesn't. Well, no, I guess he's done now, but Charlie Weiss. Nice choice. People people forget. And he got fired from Notre Dame. They still owed him, what, $19 million? Uh-huh. And yeah. he's paid at least $2 million a year until <laughs> 2015. I don't get how, like, you can realize you screw up that bad to where you just agree to just pay a guy and have him not even work for you or coach for you anymore. Just decide, yeah, we'll just keep paying you out. Yeah. Well, it just shows how, how short-sighted some of these contracts are uh, and how how uh, powerful college coaches are. Right. I mean, it just seems like it happens way too often because people in today's, I mean, in most sports, but especially in college football, I mean, if you don't win, you just get run out of town. And, like, he had a couple good years when he was there, right, when he got there. But, you know, you would think if you're paying a guy that much, you would – give him a little bit more time to try to turn things around but you know I don't know if maybe there's just too much between him and the players in the locker room or maybe he wasn't getting along with you know administration or the boosters but you know it's just I feel like nowadays especially if you follow Darren Ravel every day he's telling you how much a guy will get paid if he gets bought out yeah. by the team that's going to fire him yeah I think I think a, something that colleges uh whoever you know the athletic director and or president whoever comes up with these you know finalizes gives gives the okay to these contracts should uh really think strongly about is are we hiring somebody who's a big personality or like a quirky character and if the answer is yes then there's a good chance if things go bad they go really bad and like you need to fire the guy like instantly um, mm-hmm. 
And you've seen that, you know, with guys like Bruce Pearl and and just tons of guys. I mean, Rick Pitino. Hell, Rick Pitino is probably going to sue. He sued the school, Louisville. And even though he's as guilty as, as uh, you know, Pontius Pilate, he's still going to make out with a ton of money probably because oh, yeah. it's, a, sure. it's, a, it's in the contract and he probably didn't do anything that specifically violated that contract that can be directly linked back to him. Louisville's going to end up paying out the wazoo to that dude. So he'll be on he'll be on next year's list, I'm sure. Oh yeah, he yeah. could easily be on there. So okay, good pick. Uh, with pick number seven, I am going to do a little uh, one that's kind of outside the uh, little outside the box here. Uh, Skip Bayless, he signed a oh, four year, twenty five million dollar deal with Fox Sports, uh, I believe, a year and a half ago. And his TV show, if you follow the one Cavs beat writer, uh, he always tweets this, it gets a 0.0 rating almost every single day. <laughs> That's got to be embarrassing, but when you're making that much money, he probably doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Skip Bayless, I mean, just made a second. I know he was a, he was a, he was a very, I don't know, controversial writer in the 90s for Dallas sports. Uh in particular the Cowboys, but and then he did sports reporters and all that, and then got the first take and basically made a, a, a second career or like a you know a, a brand new career. He's like the Barry Bonds of uh of that sports journalist. <laughs> he just has this second career where he just took off in popularity late in his late in his career, uh, just by firing off hot takes, essentially by cheating, just like making shit up and acting like he's. Uh, like he actually believes what he's saying. Right, just getting people to talk about you and like to get your name in the headlines. Yeah. He had, another, he had a tweet the other night about LeBron had just had some monster game, hit that step by, back three, and then Durant that night had a triple-double, and he was like, Durant showed that he's just a little bit more valuable than Steph Curry and uh, better than LeBron James. Dude. It's just that, like, <laughs> you just want... I mean, you literally just did that to piss off like oh, yeah. a million people. <laughs> Everyone online just got so pissed. Yeah, I, my favorite part about Skip is that he follows zero people on really? Twitter. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, he's he's only there to fire off takes. He doesn't need to read anyone else's. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I kind of respect him for that. Yeah, I mean, he's so he's so out of control that you almost respect it. Oh. All right, pick number eight. Who you got? The eighth pick. Most overpaid guys. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah, there really is. I feel like I don't want to say too many hometown Cleveland guys. So <laughs> one that uh, I think is pretty recent here who did a terrible job with running the organization, Phil Jackson. There you go. I was going to take him if you didn't. <laughs> The Zed, the Zed Master. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, guys, you would think if he was such a genius coach, he could run a team. But I, I think you see that over and over again, that guys, it's it's not quite the same job. And just because you have success in one role doesn't mean you're going to you know have success in the other role. And when he came to the Knicks, man, I mean, how, how many years was he there? Three? I think he was only there three. He signed a five-year, $60 million deal, though. I mean – I don't think did they get better any of the years he was there. I, no, I, you would 
incredible. And you have a top, I don't know if he's a top 10, but you have Carmelo Anthony, you would think you'd be at least the eighth seed in the East in the playoffs. And the fact that he couldn't even turn that team around to make the playoffs in the East is sad. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. His one shining moment was drafting Porzingis, but the ironic thing was he didn't want Porzingis. Porzingis fell into his lap because the Sixers, uh, Porzingis wouldn't give the Sixers his medical records because they didn't want him going to that team. So the Sixers mm-hmm. drafted Jalil Okafor, who Phil Jackson apparently wanted. Um, and apparently Phil Jackson also wanted D'Angelo Russell, so he ended up with Porzingis just by by default. Ended up being a great pick. And then also he just tried he tried his Zen Master stuff of like motivating his players through the media by like ripping them to the media. And that that worked for him as a head coach in the 90s and 2000s because he was seeing these players every day and could actually like back up what he was saying with, you know, he could watch you know Shaq goof off and you know 10 straight practices and and then if you ripped them to the media, Shaq would be like, "Well, he, you know, he has a point." <laughs> I haven't tried yet, but uh, Phil Jackson was in a front office position, was hardly ever with the team, and he would just like make these statements about Carmelo Anthony or about Porzingis or about different players on their team, and they're like, "What the hell? Like, you come to like one practice a month in like four games? (laughs) Don't who the hell do you think you are? Like, (laughs) like put in some time before you, you know, make that type of comment." So his Zen master ways did not work out too well no not at all yeah okay great choice there uh with my last choice and uh pick number nine uh stuck between two here but i'm gonna side with my boy gilbert arenas uh he signed a six-year 111 million dollar deal in i think 2008 um with the Wizards, and what did he do? Well, he got hurt and missed the season, and then when he came back, uh, the next season he decided to bring a bunch of guns to the locker room, and uh, that led to the whole locker room gun incident with Javaris Crittenton, future uh, first-degree murderer Javaris Crittenton, and Gilbert Arenas got suspended and kicked out of the league or kicked off the team, and then... Basically, he just kept collecting $23.9 million checks from the Wizards for the next four years, even though he wasn't playing for them. Yeah. Gilbert Arenas. Hibachi. You remember he used to scream Hibachi every time he'd shoot a three? (laughs) I thought that was his nickname, right? Yeah. Like, call himself Hibachi or whatever? Yeah, because of his ability to get really hot, like a walk. (laughs) Or like a uh, Hibachi grill. He, oh man, I, imagine going inside the mind of Gilbert Arenas. Oh man, he, for like two seasons, was incredible. Like, he looked Hall of Fame track, and then had a couple injuries, and uh, decided to bring some guns to the locker room, even though he plays for Washington, D.C., where guns are illegal. Pretty smart. Yep. All right. Pretty smart. Wrap this um, up. Who's number 10? Last pick, uh, got to go with my boy, who I think should have been the starting quarterback of the Browns this year, Brock Osweiler. Oh, the Brocket ship. The Brocket ship, severely overpaid by the Texans. Uh, it's pretty much shown that he's not a great quarterback, and 
and, you know, regardless of how much he's being paid, because the Browns are still paying him, I think at least nine or ten million, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you're going to pay him that type of money, why would you cut him? Like, just keep him. He's at least a veteran, which obviously Kaiser is not getting the job done. I'm not sure if you saw that pass today. Oh, that was that was horrendous. It was like playing jackpot. Yeah, unbelievable. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Osweiler, not a very good contract. Uh, when the Browns got him, they were basically just going for that Texans pick, which is looking pretty good now that they keep losing. But uh, truthfully, regardless of how bad he is or how much we had to pay him, I wish he would have been the starter this year for the Browns. Wow, that's uh, it I, just I, tells I, you how bad the they, Browns have been. Right? Like You think that's how bad it is, but you can't go with a rookie with the roster the way it is. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Good pick. Uh, shouts to uh, A-Rod. I don't know how I didn't pick him, but I guess I'm just I'm feeling good about the Yankees right now with their uh, their trade of uh, trade for Giancarlo Stanton. So I didn't. Yeah, it's a little little shady, I think. Yeah. But sure, just we'll get little. to that. Uh, we'll we'll touch on that. So shouts to A-Rod, aka A-Roid, uh, who made about three hundred seventeen million while he was with the Yankees. Shouts to Albert Hainsworth, who made a hundred million bucks and only played twenty games with the Redskins, and the one and only Jamarcus Russell, who forgot about him. Yeah, made at least thirty million dollars while drinking Scissor for the Raiders. All right, Redskins, right? What's that? Redskins, I thought. No, Hainsworth was with the Redskins. Russell was with the Raiders. Oh yeah, I think yeah, I said sorry. that backwards. No, I think you. I think you were right. All right. Well, that was a pretty solid mock draft. Uh, we're gonna have to keep doing those. Those are a lot of fun. All right, we're gonna do some year-end awards here. But first, a uh, quick word from our sponsors. Uh, that mock draft was brought to you by the newest sponsor of the Hasman Sports Podcast, Meat Geek. Meat Geek delivers you all the meats right to your front door. Guys, don't look now, but 2017 is at it again. This time, it's shaming you for being a carnivore. Everywhere you look on Twitter and in the media, people like Kyrie Irving are trying to educate you about the benefits of cutting red meat from your diet and going vegan. But worry not, my carnivorous brethren. The bros from Meat Geek are here to drip some bloody steak juice on 2017's safe space by offering all Hasbin Sports Podcast listeners one free week trial of Meat Geek. Enter the promo code EGGPLANT when you sign up and receive a free one-week trial of Meat Geek. All right, thanks to Meat Geek. Uh, We're going to get on with some year-end awards. Uh, first, we have the Hasman of the Year. You ready for this, Baird? Yeah, I just want to say Meat Geek is tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous steaks, good quality steaks, delivered right to your doorstep. I love Meat Geek. Yeah, one of my, one of the you know, first uh, sponsors of the Hasman Sports Podcast. So we love Meat Geek. We hope you will too. <laughs> uh, all right, let's dish out some awards. All right, for Hasman of the Year. Uh, we have four nominees. We're going to run through the nominees, and then we're going to decide on a winner. And then uh, you can tweet it at us if you think we got anything wrong. Uh, has been in the year. First nominee, we have Josh Gordon. He spent most of the season suspended for weed. A very has-been move there. 
And then he admitted to being drunk or on drugs for every game of his career since high school. And he also had a very serious uh, drug dealing side business. And then uh, after all that, he came back and continues to dominate football, uh, just like he did, what, two or three years ago. So very has-been year from Josh Gordon. Care to comment? Yeah, well, I'll just say this. It's pretty sad when a guy can be out of the league for three years and he comes back and and immediately starts on your team and is ten times better than any other player on the roster. Yeah. It's just so embarrassing how much better the Browns' offense is when he's been playing as opposed to when he hasn't and he's been out of the league for three years. (laughs) Man, he does not look like he's been out of the league for three years. No, not at all. He's just a absolute monster yeah he's so good like and you know what the browns will probably do is they'll probably let him go this year so oh or sign him to like a a guaranteed like 70 million dollar four-year deal all the money guaranteed and he'll smoke some weed this summer yeah all right number two nominee uh this one might turn some heads actually a couple of these might but uh lavar ball uh, the reason he's a has-been of the year nominee is that he has one son who's good at basketball, and that's Lonzo. And Lonzo might not even be that great in the NBA. He, he might just end up being you know, a decent player. Uh, and he's turned that one player into tens of millions of dollars for the Ball family uh, with the reality shows and, and just all the press he gets and the big baller brand and everything. And, I mean, he even has the president tweeting about him and – as Darren Ravel reported, every one of those tweets or those tweets about him uh, from Trump were like worth thirteen million dollars in free advertising for the uh, big baller brand. So, Levar yeah, Ball that's... turning turning a little something into something huge, pretty uh, yeah. happen move by him. Pretty insane. I mean, he's definitely just taking advantage of just how society is today and just jumping on everything for headlines and. It's kind of sad that you can be successful and make millions of dollars being so arrogant and brash and just constantly, you know, saying things that are ridiculous and, and it gets you all the attention. But, you know, good for him at the end of the day. Yeah, maybe maybe not our favorite has-been, but, uh, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, you got to respect it. Yeah. All right, our next has-been of the year nominee goes to Derek Jeter. Uh, Mr. Jeter... Uh, bought into the Miami Marlins and receives, he has like all of their decision-making power despite only buying in like 2%. Um, the, the other outside investors invested the other 98%. So Jeter only put in 2% of um, what it costs to purchase the team and his decision-making power. And then he went and traded their best player to his old team, his lifelong team. Yeah. New York Yankees for like a dime on the dollar. This is freaking ridiculous. How does this trade go through? How is there not red flags everywhere? And also, isn't there a GM of the Marlins? How is he making the decisions? Well, I think, well, if you're an owner and you have decision-making power, like he's Uh, essentially the the team president. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, I know you love this, but like, this is so ridiculous. He's just giving the Yankees stand. Yeah, the Yankees have a basically. It's just they have to eat his contract, and then they give up like their number nine prospect and some other like average prospect. 
Absolutely it, incredible. I will say this, though. There's going to be a lot of strikeouts for the Yankees between him and Judge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but also a lot of dingers. Yeah. I mean, Gary Sanchez, too, and Didi Gregorius, they're going to be insane on offense. Um, hey, but, I mean, if, if – if there are any, uh, if you're Indians or anybody like that have any uh, qualms about this deal, don't worry. Uh, Joe Torre is uh, reviewing it. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be a biased review at all. <laughs> Man, once a Yankee, always a Yankee. So, Derek Jeter, our next... Uh, a conspiracy to get the Yankees, to make the Yankees great again. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Uh, our last has-been, actually, there might, there's two more. Uh, our next has-been nominee another kind of outside the box one colin kaepernick scott do you know when colin kaepernick played his last game god it's had to have been two years ago right no it was january 1st of 2017 which makes him eligible for the has been the year award wow he's just barely sliding in there so he played one game in the year of 2017 and yet he won the muhammad ali legacy award and a bunch of other awards and he's going to make a ton of money i'm sure in that collusion lawsuit against the nfl uh i'm sure that's going to settle out of court because they're gonna they don't want that yeah they don't want jerry jones's text to you know the houston texans owner going public Bob McNair where they refer to the players as or inmates or whatever so as soon as one of those texts shows up uh, I would expect the NFL to immediately settle this case yeah I mean I agree they they don't want that out there it's going to be nothing but negative press yeah yeah so Colin Kaepernick parlayed one game into a ton of uh, great PR for him and he'll probably make a ton of money off of it uh, and then finally, Antonio Cromartie, uh, beat a vasectomy for the third time, had his 14th child this year. Congrats to him. What a has-been. Just absolutely one of the top has-beens, year in and year out. Yeah. Uh, as, as a fellow dad, like, you're 13 behind him. Does that make you feel inferior? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot a lot of ground to make up yeah. in my career, my has-been <laughs> career. He's like uh, he's like the Pete Rose uh, as as far as hits go with uh, having children. He's so far out ahead; it's not even. I mean, you don't even have a chance. No, it's unfortunate, but that's all right. Okay, who are who are we picking? Who's the has been of the year? Oh man, this is tough. I feel like I know who I want to go with, but just based on me being a Browns fan and seeing the difference and seeing how good he is after just being out of the league for three years, I gotta go with Josh Gordon. I was leaning Josh Gordon as well. Cromartie made a made a late push in my mind, but Yeah. I go wanted to, to go with Cromartie, but it's just hard to deny Gordon with the way he's come back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, did you read some of that feature where he was just selling drugs before games and and yeah. drunk drinking during games. vodka and lemonade during high school classes. Yeah. What a what a has been. Probably got some major issues, but he's still awesome at football, so we'll just ignore those those issues off the field. <laughs> yeah, those aren't important. Can you score touchdowns and run fast? Yep. <laughs> Sign him up. All right, so congrats, Josh Gordon. Uh, you'll receive your has-been T-shirt in the mail. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that out soon. Yeah, I think it, it'll say 
uh, bringing the heat, swinging the meat, something like that. Yeah, look for it before New Year's. <laughs> All right, next we have our Trump tweet of the year. Uh, I'm gonna read these four tweets and then we'll just we'll just pick them out. Um, this first one, um, it relates to Levar Ball. It was it wasn't the White House, it wasn't the State Department, it wasn't Father Levar's so-called people on the ground in China that got his son out of a long-term prison sentence. It was me, in all caps. Too bad, exclamation point. Levar is just a poor man's version of Don, K- Don King, but without the hair. What a, what a tweet. That was... <laughs> Dude, simply incredible that he would even spend time to, to tweet that out about Levar Ball. Like, who cares, man? Yeah, I love the poor man's version of Don King call out as well (laughs) yeah just brilliant all right number two uh when will all the haters and fools out there realize that having a good relationship with russia is a good thing not a bad thing they're always playing politics and there was spelled t-h-e-r-e rather than t-h-e-y apostrophe r-e uh i'm not even gonna read the rest of it but that was a very PFT commentator type tweet by by President Trump. So anyway, yeah, always, always good for some good laughs there. Oh yeah, PFT commenter would would really appreciate that one. He actually PFT uh, tweeted subtweeted him after that or responded with uh, the little star and then spelled their T H E I R. Naturally. Yeah. All right, number three. Why would King Jong King Kim Jong Un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat? Oh well, I try so hard to be his friend, and maybe someday that will happen. Another just wonderful tweet. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love when he's calling out the uh, leader of North Korea, who's you know just firing off nukes. Pretty much once or twice a week, it seems. Testing, you know, testing rockets and stuff. That's great. My favorite part about his tweets are just the, 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 is is it semantics or semantics or whatever it is where like, he like capitalizes words and like uses exclamation points. Is that just, I guess just like grammar in general. It's just so, it's very elementary, but it also gets a point across and it's, hilarious any Trump tweet that ends with just one word with an exclamation point like sad or bad or too bad like those are top 10 Trump tweets no matter what it says if he ends it with a one word exclamation point it's just gold yep yep and then it's final one which was shot off at uh, 5.06am on March 31st this year it just said despite the constant negative press Cov thief. <laughs> uh, that was good. That was that one. Also, I liked it a lot because at the time it was still, you know, very fresh that he was our president, and all the snowflakes just jumped all over him for that. <laughs> hey, well, speaking of snowflakes, snowflake, snowflake of the year is our next category. Uh, are we both agreeing that? Um, what do you think? You think LeVar Ball tweet or the uh, Kim, Kim Jong-un tweet? I, I, I got to go with the Kim Jong-un tweet. Also, just 
I think there's a no, another one that might have been fired off in a string with this one, that calling him Little Rocket Man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. hilarious. I mean, who would have thought that, you know, imagine like 30 years ago saying that some uh, internet uh, like posting app would be created and World War Three would be started because of it. Yeah. My, one of my favorite, I, I forget who who tweeted this out, but they were quoting the tweet you re, uh, are referring to. And uh, and it was like, I would love to go back to 1977 and try and explain this tweet to somebody. Because <laughs> you'd have to explain what the internet is, what Twitter is, what like social media is, that Donald Trump was our president. <laughs> like It would just be, it would be, an unbelievable exercise. Yeah, exactly. Going back and it'd be hilarious. Yeah, there's this thing called Twitter. You can just post things 140 characters or less and that's how that's how the world ended. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the King John King John whatever his name is, tweet wins. Uh, our next category is Snowflake of the Year and if any of you uh, follow the Hasbro Sports Instagram account uh, you'll already know who won this, but we'll reiterate it. Uh, Snowflake of the Year nominees, uh, number one, Kevin Durant. Uh, he was discovered to have a burner, multiple burner Twitter accounts where he would uh, fire off takes about ex-teammates and coaches and defend himself. Uh, he's also just been a fake tough guy and kind of a, just an asshole the whole year. Um, so he's number one. Markel Fultz. Uh, before he got drafted, many of you will recall, uh, I actually was not a fan of his, uh, if you listen back to our podcast, and Scott and I were, were mocking him for talking about how he was going to be, he would say he was going to be like the best to ever play, and how whatever team he goes to is going to be a playoff team. Just all these cocky quotes before he ever played a game, and then what happens? He goes out and he gets the yips, and he can't even shoot right-handed right now. So like, I haven't followed the Sixers. I mean, I hear Embiid and I hear Simmons all the time, but, like, what's actually up with Fultz? Like, why why isn't he playing? Well, every three weeks for the last, like, nine weeks, they've just said he'll be out another three weeks, or he's out indefinitely. I, something happened with his shoulder, and it affected his shot, and then he – I've never had this happen, um, but I, I definitely know a couple people, or I've seen – Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is, is a good example of it. Um, if you recall, in the at the beginning of his time at Kentucky, he had a nice smooth jumper, and then something happened, and he he just developed this weird hitch, and it's like a mental block. And I guess that it's kind of like having the yips in golf or uh, in baseball. Sometimes catchers can't throw the ball back to the pitcher. All of a sudden, it's like a mental block, and that apparently happened with Fultz, and he just can't shoot right now with his right hand. Hey. Fair question here. Who's the biggest bust in NBA history? Markel Fultz or Anthony Bennett? <laughs> Quick, I need your hot take. Man, I I gotta go Bennett. Fultz, <laughs> Fultz has a shot though. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Bennett's done more than him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I how how did the Sixers just get fleeced by the Celtics and end up trading up to take Fultz? Like this shoulder thing happened after he was drafted. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I don't know. 
Danny, Danny Ainge is smarter than the rest of us. And the ironic thing is the Sixers uh, are still, like, the most promising young team in the NBA. Yeah. So, it, almost, it may not matter. And then, okay, so our final snowflake of the year uh, nominee goes to the U.S. men's soccer team for failing to qualify for the World Cup and thus uh, making the World Cup pointless uh, in America. So it's just going to be soccer nerds like Shimshimer watching. I don't think I'll watch the World Cup. Maybe the maybe the final couple games, I'll watch some highlights. But I don't know. Do you think you'll tune in? Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably. I mean, it's, it's a joke that the United States didn't, didn't make it. How embarrassing. Even though we never, what, we maybe make it to the playoff round and then get knocked out in the first round. That's typically what happens, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it, they had they have that Pulisic, Pulisic kid, and uh, I don't know. It, I think soccer had started to gain some momentum. At least that's what everyone was saying, and then they didn't qualify for the World Cup. Very Just sad. got too many snowflakes on that team. Yeah. So, snowflake of the year, uh, we already IG'd this earlier, but it goes out to Kevin Durant, so... Congrats, yeah. congrats to KD. Absolutely deserving of that award. Like, what a joke, man. I don't care if you won an NBA championship. If you have burner Twitter accounts to fight off the haters, that's just so embarrassing. So embarrassing. Yeah. I, I, I got nothing extra to say about him. He's <laughs> his, uh, his body of work off the court, the things he said speak for themselves. All right. Next, we have the remember when moment of the year. Um, remember when uh, nominee number one. Remember when Marvin Lewis had control of the Bengals. Uh, he, he still doesn't. He does. He still doesn't. Yeah. Um, remember when nominee of the year number two, Chandler Parsons. Remember when Chandler Parsons had more Instagram posts than points for more than half of last season. It took him to game 46 to score more points than Instagram posts for the Grizzlies. Hey, man, he's just putting in all that work to earn that money on his contract on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, people forget that the Grizzlies signed him and his IG account to a four-year, yeah. $94 million deal that offseason. Package deal. Yeah. All right, and then uh, we have remember when the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. And we have, remember when the Has Been Sports podcast started the Zion Williamson hype, the Luka Doncic hype, and pitched the 30 for 30 idea about Muggsy Bogues and the Dunbar Poets. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much just stole it right from you guys. Yep. Yep. So if you ever heard of Zion Williamson, it's from me. All right. Uh... I think we know who's going to win this one. Marvin Lewis, right? I, I'm voting Marvin Lewis. I, I didn't know if maybe you were going to go with the, the Dunbar Poets 30 for 30 or not, but I'm going Marvin Lewis for sure because he just keeps living up to his uh, his title of uh, not having control of the team. Yeah. Oh, he's I he's unbelievable. Will, will he get fired this year? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not somehow. All right, next we have the, our favorite, we're bringing this back for the first time in a while, the Chip, the Frigidaire, cold moment of the year. Nominee number one, 
It's a combo. It goes out to Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown uh, for their their play um, and actions on and off the field last Monday night against the Bengals. Uh, just for a refresher, Juju Smith, in case you're in case you're uh, concussed like Vontez Perfect, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster scrambled Vontez Perfect's brains with a block and then stood over him, very cold. And then later on, uh, Antonio Brown somehow held on to the game-tying touchdown catch despite George Iluka taking a TKO shot at his head. And then after the game when Juju was getting interviewed about his hit on Vontez Perfect, Antonio Brown was in the back background just yelling karma and saying that touchdown Brown will pay Juju's fine. No no love lost between those teams. No love lost. I loved everything about that game from besides obviously the, the Shazier hit uh, injury. I loved everything that the that the Steelers did. That Juju hit was a long time coming for that <laughs> Vontez Perfect. If you don't think that that guy deserved to have his brain scrambled with a block, watch. Just type in Vontez Perfect dirty hit on YouTube, and there's like nine or ten minute compilations of him just trying to break guys' ankles and like grabbing guys in the groin, twisting their helmets, uh, blatant face masks. He has this one hit on um, Le'Veon Bell early in his career when he tore his MCL, where he, he just sprints off the field celebrating because he sees Le'Veon writhing in pain like what a piece of shit uh antonio brown i was so happy he was yelling out karma uh because if you recall in that playoff game he tried to end his life with a helmet to helmet hit and then claimed brown was faking uh the concussion right yeah yeah the dude's just a total scumbag on the field i don't know how he is off the field but He's just a psychopath. He just loves hurting people. Yeah. Like, not yeah, not just hard hits or, like, you know, slightly dirty play. He just likes to injure people. Like, seriously. Not yeah. not okay. All right. Cold moment of the year nominee number two goes to Akib Talib um, for snatching Michael Crabtree's train, a chain multiple times over the course of the last two seasons. Uh Last year, I think he did it twice in one game. He snatched. He told, he told Crabtree, "If if you wear that chain, uh, this big expensive gold chain, it's like if you wear that against me, I'm gonna snatch it." I guess that's a pretty disrespectful thing to do in the hood. Uh, and he did it, and then he did it again this year. Snatched his chain, incited a riot on the field, then ended with him being ejected and Crabtree being ejected. What? Yeah. Uh, absolutely incredible that he did it two years in a row yeah yeah i loved it all right the next cold moment of the year goes out to former dolphins offensive line coach chris forrester uh who literally made it snow before his offensive line meetings and uh he did the smart thing he recorded him taking uh doing such activities and sent it to a real reliable person the uh stripper he was having an affair with so, very, very cold moment. If there's one thing you want to do if you're doing illegal things is to send it to someone who's a stripper uh, that you're cheating on your wife with because that person's probably super trustworthy. Yeah, yeah, they won't try and blackmail you ever. No, absolutely not. Yeah, okay. So, those are our three nominees. Uh, I know who I'm taking. 
Who, who are you choosing? I, I gotta go with. I'm actually gonna go with Akeem Talib. Okay. I mean, that guy is also a psychopath, except he doesn't. I don't think he intentionally tries to hurt people like Vontez. Perfect. But the dude, I, I feel like he's one of those guys where, like, no matter what, he will not stop unless he gets the last laugh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and Crabtree taped, apparently taped the necklace to his chest, and Akeem Talib still got it. Like, that, to me, is just so hilarious that he even thought about doing that. Like, the fact that Crabtree would tape it, and then the fact that Talib tried so hard to get it is just hilarious. Yeah. You know what? You, you changed my mind. I'm going with that. I'm agreeing with you. I was going to go with Juju in AB, uh, but I don't want to be completely biased. Uh, I'm gonna go with with uh, the chain snatching. Levels I mean, the of... guy is just like a mental warrior. Like he, I feel like he does whatever he can to get in your head. Yeah, he's also if you can't look... win that battle against him. Yeah, and if you look at some of his off the field incidents, uh, definitely a guy I would not mess around with. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. I'm surprised you didn't go with perfect. I know you you hate him so much. You got to. Yeah. Dark spot in your heart for him. Well, yeah, I already wrote that article uh, this past week about it, so we'll mix it up, and I'll, I'll give it to Tlaib. All right, so that wraps it up with our year-end awards. Uh, if we think of any other good ones, we will uh, do them on our next pod. But we did five awards there, and uh, we're sending all of our has-been sports year-end award winners uh, IM shirts in the mail. All right, Baird, we're going to talk NFL and NBA quickly before we wrap it up. Um, but first, we have another ad. Uh, this is an ad from BetPSI. Uh, so those awards were bought, brought to you by BetPSI. Guys, have you ever wished that the Deflategate saga could have lasted a bit longer? Was two years worth of discussing the PSI of a football not enough for you? Well, guess what? With BetPSI, you can relive Deflategate every week by betting on the inflation of your favorite team's balls. Simply go to betpsi.eu and type in the promo code Colts are crybabies. That's C O L T S space R space C R Y B A B I E S. And BetPSI will match your first deposit up to $100. Scott, have you started using BetPSI? I use it every single week, every single weekend. <laughs> what, uh, were, what was I... the PSI of the Browns balls today? <laughs> It wasn't good. It wasn't <laughs> high, that's for sure. Man, there's only one thing I enjoy every Saturday, and that's just wondering what the, the inflation level of my favorite team's balls are. <laughs> it's addicting, man. The internet these days, you can bet on anything. All right, let's talk some NFL. Uh, we've already kind of touched on the steelers Bengals game, but I just want to get your opinion. Um, was that game good for the long-term outlook of football? Or bad because I, I I think that it was it was one of the most entertaining games so, in a long time. So that was good you, for football. But yeah, you said you loved it, right? I did. Obviously, I hated the Shazier injury. I mean, that guy was uh, had a shot at being defense player of the year. He he hasn't gotten his first big contract yet. Like that's such a sad storyline. Um, so if you take that away. I don't know. It was it was an exciting game, but it also had all of the darkest things that come with football involved in it. Uh, concussions everywhere, blatant, dirty, cheap shots everywhere. 
you know, guys getting taken off in stretchers. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think it's good for football. Because I just think people who are on the fence about the safety of football right now watch that game and just think that it's a bunch of barbarians out there just trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and at a certain point, regardless of how much you hate the other team, you got to just play the game. You can't just be actively trying to hurt people, which I, 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 necessarily, I don't think that block by Juju was like – it wasn't like a dirty hit, but he obviously – had an intention of hitting perfect as hard as he could yeah. in a way that would put him in a lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very reminiscent of the Heinz Ward, uh, Keith Rivers crackback block that uh, led to the rule, the crackback block rule. Uh, I, people forget Heinz Ward was a master at the crackback block. Yeah, and I think if people are starting to call Juju the next time Heinz Ward for the Steelers, I think he's a better athlete than Heinz Ward was, but. Uh, I would definitely take a Heinz Ward-esque career out of Juju. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, I I tend to agree, you know, that that was not the best look for the long-term uh, view of the NFL. But I, I think maybe because my team was involved and, and they won, uh, that yeah. made it a, a super entertaining game. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, prayers to uh, Ryan Shazier, who I guess – dislocated a vertebrae in his back and has to yeah. had to have a spinal stabilization surgery and who if, knows. if you're him do you even try to play again like i don't know man I, I i mean i'm sure he has an insurance policy like a lot of high level nfl players will um i and i've heard he's a smart guy off the field i don't know if you do uh i wouldn't blame him if he didn't i, I think with this type of surgery he's got to relearn how to like walk and stuff so I mean, we're looking at probably, even if he recovered to full strength, two years out of the NFL, or over a year and a half out of the NFL, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see how it's worth it, which, I mean, it sucks really bad, but it sucks, you know, if you're a Steelers fan, but... Yeah. And, okay, so transitioning to uh, your favorite Browns, I would like to shout out uh, Duke Johnson today after a touchdown did a uh, prayer and gave the 50 sign uh, in honor of Ryan Shazier. So that was a classy move. I was a big fan yeah. of that. Duke Johnson, well, until Josh Gordon came back, was about the only good skill player we have yeah. on the team. But um, Yeah, so I, the road to perfection. Uh, tell me about it. <laughs> well, we're still on the road to perfection. <laughs> um, it just seemed like maybe the Browns are finally going to break through, and what do you know, they find a way to – Below 14 points. I mean, just a sad, sad day. And it, as a Browns fan, let me just tell you that even though we were up 21 to seven, all that me and my brother and my dad could talk about was how we would end up losing the game. Like you would yeah. think that they could hold on to that, but Browns and what they do to Browns fans, it gets so bad that like <laughs> how embarrassing is it that even when we're up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, all we can talk about is how are we going to blow this one? That's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And it, there wasn't like any like glaring plays or anything that, that made a difference. It's just, you know, they just completely, it seems like they completely changed up what they were doing on offense. Once they got up two touchdowns and slowly the Packers just 
got back into it. Mm-hmm. I will say this, Hugh Jackson, uh, if he isn't getting fired, he needs to relieve himself of the offensive coordinator duties. We had you know, two drives, one before the Packers tied it up. We had third and four, and we all we do is we run a one-receiver route with a slant route. The guy's just – well, actually, the, the guy dropped the pass. You know, he holds on to that pass, we probably win the game because we can run out the clock. But then in overtime, we have another third and short, and what does he do? He motions people around uh, the formation and then does the same exact play, runs a one-receiver slant route on the right side. Like, what kind of play calling is that? You give your quarterback one guy to throw the ball to when you need two yards? Like, why aren't you running a play where there's multiple options? Hey, you know what that play was called? The Nick Fletcher Hail Mary. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely incredible, man. I mean, he's at the level of play calling of Nick Fletcher. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's embarrassing. I mean, the guy's supposed to be an offensive guru, but week in and week out, he leaves me scratching my head. I mean, you need two yards, and on the time before, they needed four yards. And your only play call is to just take the snap, look to the right, and throw a slant, and don't even look anywhere else, don't even have other options to throw the ball to. It's embarrassing, man. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long rant, but No, it was it was needed and it was well deserved by the Browns. But... So Alright, well that's some good that's your AFC North talk of the week. Uh I know the Steelers games began. Don't tell me how it how it's going. I uh I have it taped, so well, I just wanna say R. I. P. to my fantasy team. Oh no. Uh, I playing a guy who has Le'Veon, and I'll just say Le'Veon's having a pretty good game so far. Love to hear it. Hey, what's the name of your fantasy team? Do you have a good team name? Yeah, I'm the uh, Football Guys guys. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, one of my teams, I'm out, but uh, in my other league, I just capped off a 12-1 season. Got a bye. Uh, my team name is Wanna Get Hide. <laughs> features Carlos Hyde. Very solid. So, all right. Um, you know what? I think I know we promised we we're going to talk some NBA. Uh, we're kind of getting close to the hour mark here. Um, we'll we'll talk a little more about the NBA. Uh, you know, maybe right before Christmas um, when IT comes back to the to the Cavs, and maybe we'll we'll kind of preview the the uh, Christmas Day games. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess just real quickly. Um, you know, the Cavs streak just ended, but they seem to be back in, in control. Uh, the Houston Rockets and Boston Celtics have kind of thrown their, tossed their foot in um, to the, you know, the NBA, you know, who's going to challenge the Warriors race. Uh, so I like to see that. The Rockets are humming right now. Like, they might, if the if the playoffs were today, the Rockets might have a shot at, at beating the Warriors um, just with the way, uh, like, they're, they're, um, net ratings, like their offensive rating, defensive rating, and like net rating is like it, the the company they're keeping are like the the Warriors from last year and the year before, and like the seventy two Celtics and or eighty six Celtics and seventy two Lakers and like ninety six Bulls. Like the Rockets right now, statistically, are looking like one of the all time great teams. Uh, yeah. the, the only unfortunate thing is that the Warriors are right there with them, and. Uh, you know, the way the Cavs have played recently and the way the Celtics started the season, I would say those teams are not that far behind. So, Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the Rockets are, the, I think, the only team in the West that 
has a chance of beating the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say this about the Cavs is uh, here's here's what I think is going to happen. And I think, you know, they're playing well right now. I think IT is going to come back and they're going to stumble again and everyone's going to write, write them off just like they always do. Everyone's going to say, what's wrong with Cleveland? And then they're just going to turn it on in like March and uh, just completely start, you know, dominating again and then you know obviously heading into the playoffs they'll be running full steam ahead and LeBron will be ready so don't be surprised if the Cavs you know stumble once IT comes back and they have to you know adjust to him being in the lineup mm-hmm. yeah and, and hopefully mixed in there is a, a trade for Paul George that would be awesome um that, I, that I like pick, the... though man that Nets pick is just every time I look at the standings and I see the Nets yeah, uh, <laughs> I just can't believe there's that many teams that are worse than them right now. <laughs> yeah, it is surprising. We'll see how injuries kind of, you know, take, uh, you know, what injuries take effect and, and kind of warp those uh, those standings as the season goes on. But one thing um, that I think might actually help the Cavs, and this kind of goes along with what you're saying, is um, the... Steve Kerr recently on like a on a Bill Simmons podcast was talking about how his team, the Warriors, they've hit this level. It's their fourth year in a row going for you know a championship, and teams normally hit this level where they the regular season they get like very complacent and they kind of have to battle with the disease of more, and they just can't get up for games, and it's because they have the same guys and and they've been through this before and they, they know how to turn on and off. Uh, you know, how to turn the on switch. But I think the Cavs, by yeah. making that Kyrie trade, even though it made them worse, uh, that might actually help them with the complaints, complacency thing because they have new blood on their team. So they're not, they don't know how IT and Jay Crowder and Jeff Green are going to react when, when uh, you know, when J.R. Smith and LeBron are mailing in on defense. You know, they don't know how how right. other guys on their team are going to react whenever they need to, like, buckle down. So I think that kind of keeps them on edge. And maybe, you know, just maybe that, that uh, keeps them from going through one of these late-season swoons like they went through last year. Uh, and I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting. But I think that um, the compla- complacency uh, problems aren't going to affect the Cavs as much once Isaiah yeah. Thomas gets back, just because it's a new team and they, they don't – have those same tendencies yeah plus i think it's attitude is just like that guy doesn't get complacent yeah and, you know he's always going with a chip on his shoulder so i that's an interesting take and uh i could easily see that kind of playing out as the season goes down the stretch yeah yeah so we'll uh yeah like i said we'll talk about nba hoops here our next pod uh one last uh segment we've uh the G-Code segment. And it goes out to Zach Randolph, who was trash-talking to DeMarcus Cousins the other night. And he said something to the effect of, in my hood, the bullies get bullied. And then he like dropped 35 and 13 on the Pelicans and, <laughs> and upset them. Wow. That stat line is impressive yeah. for... Uh... Zach Randolph. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's just something I I would not be able to understand. The bullies getting bullied it didn't happen. Yeah, what, in, uh, what does that even mean? We'll I, never know. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> not sure I ever want to know. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to be in that neighborhood, that's for I'm, sure. I'm in that position. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening to the Has Been Sports Podcast. We will see you guys later, uh, probably next week. Uh, peace. Peace out.